can't say it enough. I'm never giving it up. I just love it so much. I love, I love fishing. Man, I love fishing. I can't say it enough. I'm nope. never giving it up. I nope. just love it so much. I love, I love fishing. Man, I love fishing. And that's what I do. I can't say it enough. I'm nope. never giving it up. I nope. just love it so much. I love, I love fishing. Man, I love fishing. And that's what I do. From deep in the heart of Orlando, Florida, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Warnke, live here in Orlando when I'm recording this podcast. Um, getting ready to do another podcast to follow that one up with uh, for a future fishing episode. And uh, just recording the bumper, as we call it in radio and podcast world, um, for this show because this is a live podcast. We simulcast, I guess if that's a good word for it, uh, that Chester Moore, Cal Gonzalez, and myself did uh, together. And when you put the three of us together, the three horsemen, as Chester calls us, uh, it gets crazy. I mean, we talk about a lot of different things about what fishing means to us, about industry trends, about different things uh, wrestling even gets thrown in there um childhood memories funny stories i mean it's just a blast so i hope that the chester dustin and cal show are, is rubbing off on you because i have so much fun doing this show with these two guys and the podcast that we're getting ready to hear took place the first day of icast and chester had to leave early for uh a family uh thing and Cal had something going on Thursday night uh, of the show, and so and then Friday we fly out. So um, this was kind of the best I could do to get all three of us together in my hotel room, which there's a little bit of an echo in here that you could probably hear. Uh, I'm a little bit closer to the microphone right now than I was uh, when I recorded this, but basically... Um, there's, I've lost my voice pretty much if you can't tell, but, uh, basically there's, uh, there's a lot of synergy between the three of us and, um, I'm just happy to have the chance to, to, to do a podcast with, with two really good friends and, um, editor in chief, editor in chief of a magazine, Chester Moore, and then, uh, Cal Gonzalez, the, uh, the saltwater editor of our magazine. Uh, they've been part of the magazine for a lot longer than I have been, but it's just been great to be able to share the synergy between the three of us and our fishing experiences and kind of bringing you a combined uh, some total of, of a lot of fishing years together, um, you know, in, in one podcast. So anyway, I would just love to have a chance to do this. I won't do a bumper on the outro on this. I won't do a, um, uh, a rear bumper as we call it. Uh, I'll just end the podcast at the very end of this show, uh, live. And, um, so you won't hear me come back through. So I'll go ahead and say what I normally say at the end. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter list. It is uh, free. Uh, you get a new show or new um, new podcast every other Thursday on that Thursday newsletter. You get a repeat of the uh, week before podcast um, on one of those Thursday, uh, the other Thursday newsletter. And then uh, the Thursday newsletter is a culmination of a lot of different stories plus Wednesday and Tuesday's newsletter coverage. 
and then we turn around and um, give you, you know, two stories on Wednesday and two stories on Thursday, or two thir- two stories on Tuesday, two stories on Wednesday, and then a lot of stories on Thursday. It's kind of like getting a little mini magazine. It's really cool. So if you're not done so already, please subscribe to that newsletter. I know a lot of you guys are new to the li- listening to this, especially you guys that come from the saltwater world uh, that have been checked us out. We talk about the national news of Texas. It's not just Texas centric, even though we are a Texas based magazine, we do national when it comes to the digital stuff. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we talk about that relate to national issues and uh, conservation issues and wildlife issues and all kinds of different things like that. So that's an exciting thing about what we do on this podcast, as well as what we do on the digital medium of newsletters, blogs, and articles, and things like that that we do online, as well as special digital programs, which we just finished one with PowerPoll. Fantastic content there. I wrote uh, a couple of, maybe three of the articles there, and then Chester wrote the rest of those. Fantastic idea, uh, ideas coming around about how to use PowerPoll's fishing the salt ground, fishing the, um, what am I trying to say? Fishing the flats, fishing uh, inshore, uh, fishing shallows, fishing, um, you know, all kinds of different uh, brackish water, uh, salt water, fresh water, that kind of stuff. So there's really, really good um, good uh, synergy there for, for checking out that kind of stuff. So uh, without further ado, here is my interview with uh, our kind of the, the culmination of the three of our brains put together for Cal Gonzalez, Chester Moore, and myself, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, your host. Thank you guys so much for watching, reading, and listening, and here we go. And this is the Hot Times, as Dusty Rose would have said, 1985 <laughs> promo podcast from the hotel room. From the hotel room, baby. Yeah, but we're still rocking and rolling, strolling and bowling. There we go, baby. So we're at ICAST. I can't believe it's ICAST 2019, and it's been the first day of the show because of various scheduling conflicts and stuff like that. Uh, we're not doing a wrap-up tonight. We're just going to kind of do a kickoff. Of yes. what's happening here with um, the ICAST fishing trade show, the fishing industry itself, and uh, which is really a really interesting show. You know, um, if you don't know what ICAST is, it's the uh, it's a, it's basically the show for all the fishing trades. Not boating, but you see kayaks and those kind of things. It's rods, reels, lures, nets, all that kind of stuff. Buyers come, like say Academy would come to buy, you know, make deals with people and places like that, and the media comes. So we can learn about all the good trades to tell you out there. And so I know that me and Cal have been going for a long time. Yeah. And we've had a great time seeing all the stuff. And Dust has been coming for a few years Four now years. as well. Four so years now, yeah. uh, it's, it's just a great show. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's, it's the event yeah. of the fishing year in the industry. Um, for one, if you will forgive the hyperbole, this is essentially their WrestleMania. That's a big word. <laughs> WrestleMania. Hyperbole or WrestleMania? I knew no, this was going to get into wrestling. <laughs> I knew this was going to get into wrestling. This is, gonna, it's this is degenerating quickly. And it is. <laughs> yes, it's, it's really going to go there fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but this really is their the big event. That's why I love you, Cal. Yeah. They get, they get to polish up everything. They get to bring out all their new um, new gizmos and gadgets, the must-haves, the want-to-haves, and the gotta-haves. There you go, yeah. You know, and um, they just give the um, journalism side of it all the opportunity to see all of this and then present it to the consumer. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that the consumers can anticipate it with bated breath. There's another big word. Bated <laughs> two breath. Words. There you go. Um <laughs> What's coming out in the markets? <laughs> Behave, <laughs> and um, it's really it's really a great show. It's really a great show for all that for all that sort of thing. Yes. Um, and we've seen a lot of 
great innovations this year. You know, we have seen the next step in the evolution of fluorocarbon fishing line. Mm -hmm. You know, we okay. have seen modifications and not, you know, I, I'd call them improvements, but it's up to the consumer to decide. Modifications and changes in braided fishing line. Mm -hmm. We have seen ideas manifest themselves in lures, which a lot of anglers are going to look at and say two things. First off, they're going to say, well, why didn't I think of that? And right. second, that's a great idea. Yeah. Saw a rod today that records what you caught, where you caught it, <laughs> the weather conditions when you caught it. Uh, and I think the depth of the water. And, and the retail wasn't, wasn't a whole lot. And that's so, great. Well, and then that was and that was like, oh, that was kind of my holy smokes moment for the show. <laughs> does, does it include the flavor of Viennas you had in the box? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> my gosh, that's what I use for carp bait. But uh, just kidding. Not that's that's Dustin's. Guy, that's Dustin's Ballywick right there. <laughs> All yes. of a sudden, it's like Dustin's the guy that they end up bringing Gar to at the fishing. Ga Gar, events. awesome though. They're yeah, like really good. Gar, eating, great. Though. But the carp, no, I'm not a fan. But there's some guys that like to eat them, mm -hmm. you know. But you got an Hispanic guy, you got a Cajun guy. Yep. We're gonna eat some gar. Yeah, yeah. I'm just straight hey, up. <laughs> I will bring, I will bring the tilling disc. You bring the lard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how a friend of mine cleans gar. I grew up cleaning gar by taking the back fin. We yeah. used to garfish fish all the time. Meat's great, and we would pop that fin with a machete. Yep. I know yep. a dude who uses. A saw. A skill saw? A, a skill saw, saw or a sawzall? Saw. Saw. I've saw heard saw. of a skill saw. <laughs> I've heard of a sawzall. Not, yeah. a, not a If you have saw. to use a sawzall to yeah. get to the meat. Yeah, that, that's really it's worth meat. the meat. It's worth me. It's worth me worth getting on. And we were, we were actually at, talking about this earlier. You know, we were. At the, at the Pratico booth. Yeah, about how he uses tin snips, opens it up, takes the tenderloins off along either side of the yep, back. Yep, yep, yep. And the Mexican in me goes, my God, that is a waste. <laughs> What we used to do is just take the take the thing off with a machete, and then with the same machete, just whack, 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 whack. Take it, like drop them into the tilling disc of the lard. It's like the Asian food go. market. They just kind of whack it all and yeah. just, you know, yeah. uh, let, there's let, your food. You know, let your digestive good. system figure it out. So now the circus, you know, the barn has been opened. All the things have escaped. Yeah. Um, Let's kind of you know get back to uh, okay to what's going on. So, so I'm just gonna say one thing before. Yes. Kind of, kind of the way I look at it is always like, what does the average ang what can benefit the average angler? Yes. You know. Yes. Uh, what what out there can help people? And my kind of theme for this year was angler accessibility. Yes. Yes. You know exactly beating the odds without breaking the bank. Ease of use. Yeah. You know yeah. that's another important part of that. Sure. You know, um, accessibility, ease of use, um, enhancement of the fishing experience. Yes. And, above all, economics, like you brought up. Yeah, man. So, Dustin, your show, what, what do you want, where do you want to go with this? Well, here's the thing. You call us the three horsemen. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're just four. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, when we get together, we have the best conversations because yeah. you never know where this is going to go. Like, the last time we got <laughs> exactly. together, Houston Fishing Show, yeah. and we got together and did, uh, did a live show, and we basically talked about what your favorite fishing memories are yeah. and that kind yes. of stuff. And so, I just... I just wanted to say I'm glad I have you guys both here. It's such an honor to Thank be you. with you guys. Well, right I'm now. glad to be Thank here you. with you guys, too. Great to be here, man. This, I, is, this is a blast. And, yeah, we are the free, three horsemen, and we all have our respective nicknames. <laughs> here we go. Carp guy. <laughs> I was thinking more of a Bam Bam. 
Oh, Bam Bam, yeah. That's, that's Dustin Vaughn, Bam Bam Warnicky, <laughs> the Christian Kaiju, Chester Moore. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, the Tower of Power, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Cal, smile when you say that, Gonzalez. <laughs> smile when you say that. <laughs> so last okay. night, Dustin and I went to the new product showcase. Yes, y'all were there yeah. for a while, but we missed y'all. I was there too. Yeah, and uh, last year I, I saw a couple of inflatable boats. Yes. But there yeah. were numerous inflatable boats there. Yeah. And I thought that was the coolest thing is the fact that some of the boat designs and all are they're they're inexpensive and I was thinking like man on a calm day you could run you could launch that to surf real easy. Yeah and just and just head and out head and out to the rigs, hit hit the edge of the weed lines, that yeah. kind of stuff. But that's something else for people who want to go fish in the rocky country yep. along these uh, these jagged streamlines and stuff in the Texas Hill Country, places like that up in the Panhandle, various river systems. And uh, something really we haven't had in Texas last year. So if you go back and read, I believe it was our February issue, we had uh, Lenny Rudo doing a story Texas fishing game. You can go to fishgame.com and read it about inflatable boats. Because last year I said, we've got to have a story on inflatable boats. But it yeah. seems to be kind of the boating story of the year this year. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, you know, the, and the wild thing is, think about the stigma that used to be involved with um, inflatable boats. Yeah. They were considered toys. Yeah. Or they were considered something... Like a rescue thing. Yeah, a rescue thing yeah. or a Charlie Brown summer camp type of... Like a raft. Kind of. Yeah, that's what raft. I thought. Yeah. I grew up with a raft. Yeah. I was just kind of like, that's what they... But they're so durable and they so are. rigid and so... You I can mean, abuse one of those you, Exactly. You know? Exactly. And um, the funny thing is, one of the surf anglers, especially surf shark fishermen, know that's that where, they use these about. inflatables yeah. to take out the they bait. Take the bait. Take bait. That's yeah. what I was telling you yesterday, yeah. Chester, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's right. So, you know, those fishermen will take a look at what we have over here at ICAST, and they'll actually ask, what took you so long? Right. Manufacturer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, and once you get the manufacturers behind it, take the, remember what we saw yesterday, you know, they're durable, yeah. you know, they, they're they're, they're for want of a better description, the state of the art. Yes, you know. And the thing that Chester, you know, and I talked about yesterday is is just not the accessibility from the from the affordability level, right? But also from the accessibility from the the practical level of going places that other boats can't go. Right. Right. So I mean, you have the 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 different aspects of that, but basically, I mean, you can be stealthy. You know, like yeah, you yeah. can with a kayak, but but this this I forget what company this was, but basically they had like a double runner inflatable yes. kayak, the green yeah. one. It, it, yeah, it was yeah, a double yeah. hull, a double hull, right? And, and and it had a little board on, and they had a, they had one last year by the by the name of Biak, B I K, yes. you know, yeah. and uh, and I talked about that on last year's iCast podcast. Because it had a really, st- and I was just thinking how stable that would be. You'd have to darn near fall off of the thing to try to flip it. Yes, exactly. You know, and it, what it reminded me of, and I don't mean this in a derogative way. When I looked at it, it made me think of one of those Eagle Scout projects where they have to create a raft. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. That That's floats. That's you know, good. and 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 the design. I I actually had of a friend, Chris Yuri. Hello, Chris, who designed a raft very much along the lines of the double pontoon with the yeah. platform on top. Yeah. You know? And it's it's an ingenious system, you know, and there and anyone who feels like it'd be embarrassing to have an inflatable like this, forget it. Get that out of your mind completely. You'll be the cool kid on the block because yeah. you have the new the new toy. Right. Yeah, everyone's going to want to come over and say, Hey, what's that? And they'll be looking it over and they'll watch you go out on the water and they'll watch you come back and they'll 
they'll think that's pretty cool. I gotta have one. Right. You Speaking know, of that, you know, like the accessibility and all those things, talk about the new Hobie innovation. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, you got to go by the press conference. Yeah. We actually yeah. walked all the way to the pond, and that in and of itself was an adventure because we went to <laughs> registration, yeah. and then you had to walk all the way to the end of the building and all the way to the back, and we are talking the walk from the front to the back to the pond was about a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, literally people. Yeah, yeah. good exercise. But they have a, um, they have enhanced their their leg drive. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that. I saw the they video have, of that. They have, yeah, they have modified it so now you have three hundred and sixty degrees of turning radius. Is it like a rudder or something? Yes, it's a rudder system. That, you that know? was really cool. And yeah. I saw how he was going around in circles. And wasn't stuff that cool? That, that was so cool. Yeah. And it's very simple to work. You just turn a knob with your left hand that's on right. the left side. Right. And that controls the turning radius. Okay. radius. Okay. You know, and um, this is a question, and I asked it because I know my readers would ask this because I am the saltwater editor. And yeah, yes. At the moment, I didn't mean to do it, but I stopped them dead in their tracks with it because I asked, well, how, do the, how does this system work? in a salt water environment and yes. oh well we tried it out um off of san diego and we've caught we were fishing for kelp bass on this and, the, sure. and i said well how about a high salinity lagoon buoyancy, like the a lower a buoyancy situation yeah. yeah yeah like the lower laguna madre and yeah. the guy's jaw just dropped oh. and he goes well what kind of salinity does it have is it it does it have a higher salinity than the salton sea and i went yes and they had to think about an oh, answer for I a see second. What you're saying. Yeah, because buoyancy. of the not just the buoyancy, but also the durability of the components. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, that as well. Yeah, yeah. That that salt water. Um, Joe Montemayor, who used to own Joe's Tackle, would occasionally open up a, 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 a casting reel for me to show me. He goes, "Look at how much salt this sucker picked up in one year." And he opens it, and it's just a lay a complete layer of salt. Yeah, you know. Um, so that's the salinity and the and the causticity of that water. So how would the components in this system yes sure hold up to that? Uh, and and they said you well you gotta have the difficult questions, Cal. Of course, that's, that's, <laughs> I, I hate to say I've done that so many people get mad at me. People get mad at me. I'm afraid. Um, yeah, I asked one the other day to someone. They're like. I don't know. <laughs> I need to know that. <laughs> that too. I have gotten that too. You know, and it's not like we're being antagonistic. It's no. just it's an important question to ask. Right. Yeah. And finally, one of the members of um, Hobie said, Texas really is a different place. Yes. You know, in my bank. And my beloved wife, who is from Michigan, without a moment's hesitation, said, Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like that. Oh, yeah. You know, but long story short, to put a fine point on it, they did come back and say it should hold up well. It's mostly plastic. Um, the metal components, if you do regular maintenance, if you right. wash it off after every use, and you use a little bit of WD-40 every six months, it should last forever. You know, um, now it does have a bicycle chain drive, and right. there is a chance that that could seize up, but that's an easy fix. Oh yeah, you know. A little bit of WD-40. Yeah, you know, a little WD-40 or, you or know. Or Q-Max, which is my favorite, Q-Max Q20 Blue. Which or, is like the Mexican way is to get a blowtorch and just keep burning until it loosens up. <laughs> you know. Hey, I gotta give credit to my people. You know. Um, but, you know, just oh a little God. bit of use and it should work. <laughs> Please, don't send me emails. 
Don't send them me for sure. Definitely send them. Yeah, a letter to the editor. <laughs> send them to Dustin. Yeah, send them all to me. <laughs> because I laugh at his jokes. That's why. You know, that that makes me even worse. I guess I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, and the thing is, I say this every year. This is my fourth iCast. I've been coming since 2016. Um, the innovations continue to be really i mean an improvement over something that was already really good yeah. making it even better and yes. I, i've i've run out of ways in my head that it could be any better but somehow they've made it better yeah it, it's like um, you were saying about fluorocarbon and yes. that kind of stuff there was know. some lures today that uh it was a, it was uh at berkeley their power base that jordan lee yes has right I love now jordan lee Jordan, which is, if you don't know who Jordan Lee, he's a phenomenon. He's now in Major League Fishing. He won back-to-back Bassmaster Classic, and he's like eight years old. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's twenty-seven. Yeah, he's, 20, he's one of those guys. He's, he's eight he's in, in the Bassmaster. But uh, the, the guy's a, 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 a literal phenomenon. And I'm looking at this whole rack of lures. And when power baits first came out, of course, power baits all about the taste and scent yes. of the fish. Is they looked pretty rudimentary. Very. Now I saw crawfish today. That I would throw in a boiling cauldron. <laughs> you and I saw one last night at the new. It looked better than that one. And it was the power bait. We could we could tear it open. And so it, it got my Cajun instincts thinking. No, we're cool. You lost sound. Oh, sorry. Okay. It got my Cajun instincts thinking. Well, if it's got power bait, it's got scent stuff. Does it taste like a crawfish? Right. So I haven't bit into one yet, but I have considered it. Because you got a taste test for the fish, it feels legit, right? Right, exactly. You know, I mean, if nothing else, you should drop it in a tilling disc and see if it works. There you go. <laughs> you know? But uh, that was pretty impressive. That was, yeah. that, that deal was that that was a pretty. Impressive oh, we, we deal. stopped at Live Target today. I was I had made it an an effort to stop at Live Target when I had a moment um, because I was really interested in their um, their their um, injected series. Yeah, you know. And what they do is they get a clear plastic body, you know, whether it's a hard plastic such as for spo jigging spoons or soft plastic. And what they do is they create the match the hatch image that Live Target is famous for. Yeah. And then they surround it with this clear image so that you have the body of the lure. Yeah. But you have a smaller target that is more lifelike for the fish to focus in on. You know, and a you have a live target, Cal. Yes, they have a live target. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, but shh, sorry. Yeah, he's I here all to, week, folks. He's there all week, folks. Yeah. Be sure to tip your waitresses. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, the the um, direct injected technology is really impressive with the appearance, and um, you still have the action of the paddle tail swim bait, yeah, or of the um, the um, assassin style jerk bait. But you have a more realistic image, and mm -hmm. it does not have the silhouette of a swim bait. It mm -hmm. has the silhouette of live prey, mm -hmm. and it's it's a remarkable, remarkable innovation. You know, and really, it's just simple. It's just inserting the body into a clear plastic um, template. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and what what I call that, in my opinion, is final approach technology. Exactly. So the fish. In a distance, is it going to see all that detail? No. But when they're in clearer water, in particular, and they get closer, that bass that's seen ten thousand lures in two weeks go by that log, yeah, uh, would look at it and it would, nothing would trigger its, you know, it would like instinct, in, instinct to go forget this, you know, right. it would trigger the instinct of let's that's go real. for that, yeah. And then you got your snooty fish, yeah, you know, like like snook, 
Snook oh, are the yeah. biggest snobs on the planet. You know, they're like little yep. snooty little fish. You know, like they they hang out all the time at wineries. You know, and they and they always talk about how they need to spend time in the Hamptons. And they you know? have that do, do your Boston There you go. Do your snooty voice, Chester. Yeah. I say Chester. Yeah. Chester. I say exactly. It's like boys. I cannot go for that lord. I mean, uh, <laughs> There's the snooty accent. You know, the snooty accent, and and they're so snooty. So you have to try some different things to get those snook to bite if you don't want to throw live bait, of course. Which... Like having the tilling disc ready. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so some of that stuff helps in the clear water and salt water yes. too. You know, and even, I've, even, I've even, believe it or not, seen redfish in super clear water look at you like you're a moron for making the perfect cast. It hit the water perfectly at the perfect spot, but... Those fish have been really pressured. Yeah. And the thing they've been seeing, like that top water you've always thrown or that plastic just yeah. didn't look. And, and, right. and, and the thing is, that's a redfish. You'd figure you could throw a bologna sandwich at a redfish and he'll eat it. Yeah, basically, you usually can. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. I know. Uh, but that kind of stuff makes a difference there. So people have asked me before, like, because some of these lures are very expensive. Yes. You know, uh, and what's the purpose? And I'm like, well, tournament guys want to win the big tournament. But the average guy that's going for that really big fish. The ones that exactly. take the difference on that really big wary fish, those are some of the little details that can make a difference. Yeah, I actually got an email from a reader some time back who asked me, what makes these lures so special? Why should I spend my money on these lures? And the answer I gave him was, well, if you are in a, if you are in a situation where you're catching a fish on every cast, honestly, these are not the lures for you. For sure. But if you're in a situation where you're either A, targeting a specific mm -hmm. size of fish yeah. or B, the conditions are very difficult, these are the lures that will improve your chances at success. Yep. You know? I mean, like you said, they close the distance. Right. Yep. You know? Right. Um, if you have, if you're, a, to, to create an analogy, if you are a rifleman with a dead eye, you don't necessarily need a scope for a long shot. Yep. But there are times where that scope will improve your chances Helps. of success. Right. You know, these lures are that. The tackle that we have seen, the fishing reels, the fishing rods, are the exact same thing. I saw a reel today at the Daiwa booth, which was specifically designed for the Texas coast. It's their new, um, it's their new Daiwa inshore reel, and it was specifically designed for our preferences, our needs, and our requirements. Okay. Um, it has the same features as the previous models of the inshore, but they tweaked it specifically for the Texas coast. It has a smaller handle, um, it has the bigger paddles, but the, or excuse me, it has the smaller paddles, mm -hmm. but the same longer handle, because the bigger paddles were considered overkill. We like the torque, but we don't need the oversized features mm -hmm. um, and um, it's it's an excellent reel you know I mean um, and it's still very much in the price range of anyone who wants to own a Daiwa a coastal reel um, we saw um, the latest incarnation of the Stratic from Shimano mm -hmm. another excellent reel it, it features all of the it actually features some of the advantages that you have in the Stella, mm -hmm. you know, in their internal drive How long has Stella been out now? Good gosh, the Stella's been out 20 years now? Yeah, it's been over it's, 20 it's years. It's like one of their, it's like their, their flagship. Their flagship, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, as a segue to that, an interesting story was um, one of the people at 
Um, Mike Antuna, one of the people at Shimano, told me that when they originally designed this, the reel, they just thought it was going to be a, a luxury item, essentially. Mm -hmm. Because who's going to pay $600 for a, an inshore reel? Mm -hmm. They can't keep them on the shelves. They're not made for I remember one time I held one up to my wife. I go, look, honey, this is how we'll get our house. She goes, what do you mean you'll get our house that way? I go, well, if I buy this reel, i got to buy that rod. And I pointed at G. Loomis. And she goes, and that's going to get me a house? I go, no, that's going to get me a boat. <laughs> she goes, what do you mean it's going to get you a boat? Well, I can't use a rod and reel like this just waiting well, around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she goes, so you have to get a boat and that gets me a house? I go, no, honey, that gets us a new truck. She goes, what? Well, I can't tow our, a brand new boat with our ratty old truck. I love where this is going. And she goes, I think I know where this is going. She said it just like that. Like, right. If we get that truck, we have to have a nice house to put it in front of. So this reel will get us our house. But the house. And she goes, I see. No. <laughs> so that was the end of that idea. You know, something this year that I, I saw and I was like very happy to see is that there is a tremendous growth and in interest from the industry side of shark fishing. Definitely. I mean, it's their shark stuff. I've noticed that too. Everywhere. Yeah. Everybody has a shark rod. Everybody has uh, shark hooks displayed. Yes. Everybody has shark merchandise. Everybody's talking about, you know, some of the kayaks and stuff, paddling out to bring yeah. your lures. Uh, there are people here, like we had last year, we interviewed with, uh, with the drones for that stuff. Yes. And they're actively talking about being for shark fishing. And I think, yeah. I think one of the really cool things about that is that it's the shark fishing in my opinion is the most underutilized it's growing but yeah adventure fishing yes. in america yeah. and because it's very simple it's a very simple adventure go out to your beach and, and set up it's like hog hunting yeah. like we were yeah. talking about on your show exactly yeah and you take you take a lure chunk it far as you i mean a, a bait a chunk as far yeah. as you can and wait hope yeah. you got a good area the right tides but it's something that offers something to people yes. and what i'm seeing is 20 or 20 somethings Yes, definitely. They're very much getting into the shark thing. And the great part about that is it's a conservation ethic. Yes. They, they are doing it, and they're getting involved with, with organizations that are tagging sharks and tracking their movements. So they're actively releasing these sharks, tagging them. And then you, the outgrowth of that has been just tremendous support for shark conservation. And sharks are such a vital part yeah. of our ecosystem. Yeah. And the only man in America I'm jealous of, and I'm the jealous of no one, is a guy three years ago surf fishing in Panama City, Florida, caught up the first ever known great white from the surf. Yes. And caught it in the <laughs> Gulf of Mexico. That's crazy. And they were tagging sharks and tagged it. I'd be like, I dropped the rods and I dropped the bike. I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I'm that's tired. It. You can't over. go higher than yeah. that one right there. It's over. But I'm going to go back to brim fishing. Yeah, now. we're going back to the pond. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, the, but the uh, bar ditch. Where, what part of the. The, the Gulf of Mexico. Panama City, Florida. Florida. Okay, I guess you said that. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. But it, the cool thing about that is now we're seeing a lot of stuff where I think we're going to start seeing more innovative products and things specifically for sharks, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm already seeing it with people talking about, like, the gloves for handling. Yes. And, you know, they're actually putting sharks on icons on their things now. Mm -hmm. Because then they got the sandpaper skin you can cut yourself. Yeah, you know, you, you want to have certain things. Pretty, and, yeah. You know, so just different little things sure, that, yeah. that are being sure. tweaked like that. Yeah, I, we were over at the Eagle Claw booth, and they are beginning to develop a large inline circle hook. Yeah. Specifically for shark fishing, especially because in areas such as Florida, 
it is now illegal to use an offset circle hook for shark. I've heard that's that. right. You know, um, so they are developing an inline circle hook. They they're also planning on trying to develop a barbless circle hook. Um, and really, you know, with a circle hook, you don't need a barb. No. You know, once that sets in the corner of the mouth, it's not moving. Yeah, and that's the thing about it. Like that, fish can swallow a circle hook. I've yes. seen it yeah, happen. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. And too. Uh, trying to get that thing with the barb out. Good luck. Forget about it. Yeah. You know, the so damage, damage it creates is, yeah. is lethal. And the beautiful thing is it's so anti-snobbery to catch a shark. I know. Yeah. You know, I've always wanted one of these trout snob guys. Uh, one of these guys are like, everything has to be, you know, like, if, if you ever keep any trout, you're going to... You're a you bad know, man. You're a bird in hell, that kind of thing. Trout I've always snob. wanted that big trout they have to be coming right up to them and about a five-foot bull shark just come up and <laughs> chomp it. Yeah, exactly. These are the kind of stories we're telling this podcast, and the three of us get together because. Well, well, like, I, you know, I had a guy tell me he went uh, tarpon fishing here, and he was upset because of like a ten foot hammerhead came up. They got it on video eating tarpon. I'm like, yes, the tarpon. That's awesome. Yeah, yes. That's, that's a awesome. win. I would go tarpon fishing to see that. That is a win, right? <laughs> I, I, um, I was actually talking to someone today that he had hooked into a three pound tarpon. Yeah. And he had it at the boat, and about a three hundred pound Goliath Rupert came up. And oh just oh took wow. It. Yeah. You know, I mean, thank you. Nature. Thanks for playing. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and he goes, I was so mad. I go, I thought I would have just been. Would you see been, that? You see, you check that out. No, nah, but no, nah, since I mentioned trout snobs, I, I, I love the speckled trout. I wrote a book on them. Yeah. But uh, I want to mention that too. So, I love them too in the disc. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I, that I always see is when you start seeing things appearing in marketing, like icons on a package. Yes. Even the subtlest hook package. You know that these companies are starting to think that. Speckled trout are finally starting to show up on packaging. Yes. Even shirts and stuff. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Um, although there is a mullet on there as well. But uh, yeah, not, they're that. eating the mullet. There should be a croaker. said about the mullet. But, uh, or about the yeah, but, uh, mullet. Yeah. But the truth is we're starting to see people thinking, because uh, the, the fishing companies in America are based in the Northeast usually, California or Florida. Yeah. And Florida... Trout aren't that important. No, they're not impressed with trout. Because they got snook, they've got everything up. Yeah. But Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, huge. Trout are, their trout are big. So they're starting to see that this giant market over here. So I think we're going to start seeing a lot more speckled trout specific lures and stuff. I agree. We've always had some, like, you know. Zero spook was yeah, one. The zero spook with the trout. The, uh, and you think about even the zero spook with the baby trout. Yes. You and I both know big sow trout will eat a baby trout. A baby trout. But I think we're going to start seeing stuff that'll be like for those guys fishing the skinny water, the weight fishermen, the hardcore fishermen, yes. and, the, and the trout market. And I'm kind of excited about that because I think there is a lot to be learned. Uh, I think we just, been, I wrote a story 20 years ago for Texas Fishing Game called Age of the Super Trout. I remember that. And it was about 20 years ahead of its time. Yes. It's about kind of happening now that I think we're going to start seeing real research into that. And we're going to see the speckled trout kind of given more of its due from the industry. I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you see a lot of that happening. Um, again, going back to Live Target, they, um, they've designed some mullet baits. They have a swimming mullet, which mm -hmm. is a top water that looks exactly like a mullet. I have one at home, or I have what's left of one because um, the trout have just <laughs> torn that poor just thing. Tore it's That's not awesome. a floating lure anymore. It's right. a slowly sinking slowly. lure. Maybe you like accidentally diver. create the new sensation, you know, like yeah. the action. That, that, but that's cool, man. Like a company like Live Target taking that innovation yeah. for yep. speckled trout, you know, uh, fun stuff. Chester, 
Last year, you I'm, I'm bringing this up. Uh oh. Last year, you had you had uh, submitted a uh, a prediction that finesse baits for trout. Yes. We're going to be. You remember that? They're coming. Yeah. We're yeah. going to be the next. So, are you seeing that trend? That's kind of where I'm seeing it go. Okay, it's cool. starting to develop. Right. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, I'm kind of seeing that go that way because um, they're getting people are you know with the, with the advent of the internet. Even guys like in Florida, Florida's got some big of the world record trials. In Florida, yes, Indian River, seventeen. You know? Yeah, uh, even guys here who have done the snook thing are kind of starting to turn that a little bit more toward trout because of the challenge nature of it, you know. And it's kind of a new frontier. And what's what I tell people all the time is the reason the trout drives the market in Texas. The yes. trout drives our coastal yes. market. Yes. Even though more people catch redfish, right? The trout drive the market because if you're inland fishing. You're basically trying to catch one under twenty-eight. Yeah. Right. But what 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 it really gets fishermen excited is the possibility. Yes. Of the monster. Of, of the monster. Yeah, so yeah. that trout is always that possibility. Right. And that also drives management. And you yes. know there are different things about that. But I really think we're gonna the next five years I think are gonna be very trout centric, and I think we're gonna see a whole new level of, of things for speckled trout. And I, I don't even doubt that we start having. Uh, with, with so many companies having scents and lures and things, yes, uh, I wouldn't doubt someone has. Well, this would be controversial. Croker scented. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Actually, seriously, yes. I'm being uh, serious. Open up the can, and you're like, yes. I mean, Live Target already has the mullet, the, the mullet swim bait. Right? Yeah, they do. You know, and yeah. I remember when I first introduced that. Um, Last year, <laughs> to the readers, there there was actually a very visceral reaction yeah, from yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's coming, and I think so. I think that'll be kind of cool because we are, are you take Florida out of the equation because um, their world record status. Otherwise, we're the trout capital. Louisiana's yes, got are. lots of them, but we got more big fish. Yeah. You know? So well, a lot of targets got pogies or menhaden, whatever you want to call them, but they, they also have, do they not have croakers yet? Yes, they, they do. do. They do have a croaker. has croaker swim baits. I've got a couple yep. of them. I mean, they do. Three sizes. Yeah. Three sizes, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. They have three sizes. They have the croaker is the one last year that got me thinking about the finesse type lures. Yes. For the trout. Yep, yep, yep. But the Kroger is the one that we thought would throw like a whole wrench in the end. Yeah, we, we made predictions. We made predictions right. last year in this thing. I remember in this podcast last year. Yeah. But wait till they come out with an f- official Kroger scent. Oh, that is going to be... <laughs> oh, I can just see everybody that, spraying that stuff yeah, and right. dipping, their, dipping their bait. I'm going to use it as cologne. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Chester's anti-establishment. All right. Cal, you've got to do your... This podcast is brought to you by... This cast is brought to you by the number nine, by the letter K, and the letter I, as in I cast. <laughs> Every year I have to have you do that. It's so funny. Anyway, it's just random, but it's For you, funny. Dustin, anything know, for I you, know, brother. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. So. Okay, Ken, last, uh, when we were at the fishing show, we talked about fishing memories. And uh, all of this means nothing without the fun, the family, the faith, yep. oh, no all kidding. that stuff. Yep. So, uh... Do you guys have a good fishing memory from this year? Is there something that you've got to do this year that really, that really does, is special? Does it to have to be from this year? If you haven't fished this year, no, you know. I fished this, <laughs> fish this year. Well, you, tell us about the last gar you cleaned. <laughs> no, Everybody no, stands the, around the, me at these fishing events. Gasper goo. The, okay, all right. All right. So <laughs> I was joking, man. We, 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 yeah, we caught a Gasper goo, and it was, it was, uh, and everybody was like, oh, "Are you going to eat that thing?" And I'm like, "Heck yeah, we're going to eat that thing." But anyway, you know. Two years ago, all right, I'm just going to, I've told this story, I think, on the show before, so forgive me, but 
Jackson and I are bait fishing. We're just we're just going for yep. for uh, for bluegill, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the funnest, coolest freshwater adventures. It's it's easy. It's fun. It's an easy win for your kids. I'm bringing in a bluegill for him because he didn't want to reel it in. <laughs> Giant five pound bass comes up and slams that oh, bluegill boy. and runs off with it. And I'm just like, I, I, him and I are both like, what the, what was that? I mean, I, it just, it happened so fast. Yeah. I couldn't even put it into words. Like, look at that, son. Because we were both like, you know, I whoa. almost dropped the rod out of my hand. I was like, I've never seen it. So that was cool. Because the bass jumped out of the water. And then another bass came behind him trying to get it away from him. <laughs> that was essentially a bass saying, here, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kyle? For this year or just in general? Because I got one that... That makes me. Well, think. go for it, Cal. There you go. When I um, when I was 19 years old, um, I was um, cleaning some flounder I'd caught in the surf over at Jim's Pier, the old Jim's Pier, and um, what was best known about this place was that he had a huge opening in the middle of the pier yeah. around the fish cleaning area where you dumped dump your guts. Yeah, dump yeah. the guts, and there was this gigantic school of hardhead catfish, and I'm talking five to seven pound hardhead. Those are <laughs> monsters. Hardheads, man. And they just come and tear everything up, and you look at it and go, you no did not want to fall. Here. They're all state record hardheads. <laughs> you did not want to fall. <laughs> yeah, because you get the, 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 the poison in your... Yeah, well, what was funny, well, this is the funny part, and in a way, it's not that funny, but it was. Um, this guide that I knew, Gilbert Vela, he comes in, and he's got a client, and the client had taken his son, and his son had caught his first fish ever. And it was, may God strike me down if I'm lying, it was a croaker. <laughs> About six inches long, and it looks like the kid had caught the croaker and never let it go. That's a great fish. <laughs> he had been holding it. I mean, the thing was dry. It was dead. It had that, uh, that looked like it had just seen the Madonna on its face. And he's running around showing it to everyone. Hey, that's a great fish. Great going, kid. Oh, get this thing out of my face. <laughs> and then the kid decides it's time to let it go. Uh-oh. You see where this is going, don't you? This is going, baby. So he runs over to where the opening was, and he drops it in there. And the thing is just floating on the <laughs> surface for a moment. And all of a sudden, this two-and-a-half-foot-long hardhead dog bones it. <laughs> right in front of him. Dog bones it. And swims off. <laughs> you could have heard that scream all the way to San Antonio. The father, who had been inside the shop buying a beer, comes running out. He he's something ready. was really wrong with the kid. Yeah, yeah. He's ready to do karate. Right, right. Something's hurting and his kid. He sees his kid doing the typical little kid things, stomping in place, face beat red. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So he runs over, what, what, what? So the kid tells him what happened. That the big fish grabbed his little fish. And the dad looks at him, what? And again, even louder, the big fish took my little fish. And this is when you realize dads have to know how to think on their feet. You've got, you better be right. He looked that little boy right in the eye and lied. (laughs) And said, oh no, no, no. He... He was just taking your fish to the fish hospital so he could get better. And the kid with this glazed donut face looks at him and goes, really? And the dad goes, yeah. And then he looks up at me and goes, right? Right. Now there I was at a crossroads in my life. Because 
I could have looked at them in the eye and said, no, he's dead, and he's never coming back. But the angels of my better nature took over, and I said, oh, yeah, fish hospital. He's going to recover and lead a life of spiritual fulfillment. I can't breathe. So as far as I know to this day, 24 years later, it was that, long that kid ago. still believes his croaker's all right. I hear you. <laughs> well, my story isn't quite as dramatic, but it's pretty cool. Did my story initiate uh, that? That story? made me remember that. Dear Lord, this has gone south. But uh, so this year, uh, my, my wife and I have a ministry in our yes. mission to bring love of Christ to hurting kids through wildlife encounters. And we have our main program is called Wild Wishes. And that's where we grant wildlife encounters for kids with a terminal illness, loss of a parent or a sibling. Yes. And I got two boys in the program, Jackson and Amos, and they've suffered pretty tremendous loss in their life. And uh, really feel the need to reconnect with the Lord. So let's take them on a talk to Jackson's dad and who's Amos's uncle. And let's take them on a Guadalupe fishing expedition. We went four days oh, in wow. the Texas Hill Country fishing for Guadalupe bass. That's fantastic. And we were in the Nueces River. We stopped at one little spot on the creek in the middle of nowhere. And we just whacked Rio Grande cichlids. Oh, and they're oh so beautiful, so fun. Yes, they are. They're great. They're and then, we went, too, and then yeah. we went into the Nueces River, actually, and found uh, a really good group of Guadalupe bass. And there were so many brim in the river, we were catching every cast. We probably each caught, in that four or five hour run there, 50, 60 fish. And we caught our Guadalupe bass. And I'm looking at... We're, I mean, I'm, I'm in, this, in, in my own right, I'm like, I mean, I've been like to the mountain fishing. Like, you know, yeah. I've, been, I've been like, you know, Wells catfish in Spain and just crazy right. stuff I've been so blessed to do. But I'm watching little boys be little boys and yeah. not thinking about all the crap that life's yeah. dealt in the yeah. times. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at these two little boys that have loving families and situations that have happened. And, and I'm looking at them being kids again. Yes. And for a moment, they're totally forgetting about that. And they smile at, like, biggest Texas. And, 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 I, and, I, and I got back to thinking, you know, that's what fishing means. I wrote a column a while back about the red, white, and blue bobber. Yes, right. I've read that one. I, I read that And one I too, said, too. if I ever get to the point where I look, I, I look down on seeing the red, white, and blue bobber go under and wondering what's on, I need to quit. Yeah. And that was kind of that moment with that with those boys. Well, Chester... What that story does, and thank you for sharing it. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing it. I know that I, I got in. It, mine was funny, and no, you know, I love yours. So dude. Yeah. Well, <laughs> can't beat the croaker in the hospital, man. Right. <laughs> the image. But um, I can't even what, get that one. I thought mine was cool. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yours was awesome too. But yours, you know, you tell yours shows how fishing can heal the heart and heal the soul. Yep. You know, um, I think I'm sure you read it. Yep. Sometime back I wrote about when I was sitting in my dialysis chair and the patient next to me coded. Yep. I read that, yeah. Yep. And they couldn't bring her back. Yep. And I had in my head rolling around the um, defibrillator's voice, the canned voice, mm -hmm. re-energize, discharge, re-energize, discharge, over and over again. It traumatized me. Sure. And I had to get away. So I drove all the way down to the island. I, I didn't intend to catch any. I just needed to get into the monotonous rhythm of casting and retrieving. Yep. Right. You know, and that healed me. Sure. It helped me cope. Fishing does that. Yeah. You know, right. at its base, fishing helps you return to that elemental state that people like Walt Whitman have written about. Yep. You know, people like Lefty Cray wrote about. Um people like Zane Gray and Ernest Hemingway wrote about. Yeah. You know, it heals you. 
it gives you that moment to just ground yourself, even if you're a child. Sure. You know? Um, but it brings you back to being a child. Yes, it does. Before yes, somebody's does. told you that you're too fat, you're too stupid, you're too ugly, yeah. your yeah. dreams will never come true. It's that little boy, yeah. it's that little girl who yes. wants to be an astronaut, a rock star, a TV fishing show host, and some adult tells them along the way they, they can't. can't do yeah. It. yeah, When, exactly. when you're fishing, possibilities are endless. Yeah. Fishing is the great equalizer. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're that's out there one. no matter who you are. And that's why I refuse to let any numb nut, any, any absolutely idiotic person out there who tries to make this about anything more than yeah right. exactly. enjoyment don't overcomplicate it you know like let's let's yeah. keep it about the enjoyment exactly. let's have fun and fishing can inspire it can save it can yes. heal mm-hmm. and it can provide for the family food right and yeah. it's just a it's a beautiful thing and i it think is. everyone in this room has had a beautiful memory or many beautiful memories fishing yeah. yes and uh now we get to go we're very blessed to work in the industry and work yeah. in texas fishing game we get to go represent the icast show yes if you told me when i was a little boy i would be with the largest independently owned outdoor magazine in america as editor-in-chief at a major fishing trade show yep. with friends of mine doing a broadcast can be heard by thousands i just said you're crazy but it exactly. showed that, that little boy who was watching a red, white, and blue bobber in the gully by my house yep. going under. It showed that the dreams he had in his mind that other people said were impossible were possible. And that's what fishing means to me. Endless wow. possibilities. Yeah. I, that's how I feel about it. I tell people that this is one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. I get to fish. I get to write about it. And people read what I write and take it seriously. Yeah. You know, and how magnificent is that? It's and a beautiful thing. Man. I cast... It might be an industry event, but to me, it's a celebration of of fishing. That's you it. know, that's what it is. You know, yeah. everyone, all the people are involved. Yeah, they make money in it, but you've got to love what you do in order to do it to the level that they have, sure. yeah, and to achieve what they have achieved. Right. You know, I saw over at the Livingston booth. I saw the Bassmaster Classics trophy. Mm-hmm. You know, and who would have thunk at some point? that bass fishing or any kind of fishing would have such a notable and prestigious event. Fishing. Sure. You know? Isn't that great? It's that a beautiful is. thing. You know, it's, it's like the Super Bowl of fishing. You know? I sat yeah. on the WrestleMania. Uh, I, sat, <laughs> but I, I sat with Bill Lowen today and had lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a snack after lunch today. Bill Lowen uh, is a Bassmaster Elite Series Pro. He's yeah. an Express Boats Pro. And I sat with him and talked about it. He said his whole goal Growing up was to one day fish the Bassmaster Classic. He said he knew he would have made it if he fished it one day. Well, 13 years ago, he got caught up to the Elite Series, and in the first year, he fished the Bassmaster well, Classic. Well, there you go. So those are dreams that come true. Yeah. And uh, just to think it's a great way to kind of wrap up. And yes. It's a fun thing. If uh, be checking out some of the things we're going to be having. We're going to have some wrap-up stuff coming up on the yep. website, fishcam.com, the e-newsletter for next week. So it's been awesome. That's good, yep. guys. So. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I appreciate both of y'all so much. Dustin, uh, it's a privilege. Well, thank you. All joking aside, all fun, it's a privilege to be around all of you. Absolutely. I feel the same way about you guys. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for watching, reading, and listening. Have an awesome day in the outdoors. We'll see you next time.